every time I sort of came across a case or like I had a work there where I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. I had these questions come up in my mind, like, is this all there is to it? And at some point I just had to like figure out, okay, is there another way? Which there definitely is. <laughs> Laura managed to marry up her two loves, law and yoga. One minute she's writing legal contracts and the next she's teaching yoga. She has truly created her own reality and she's thriving. In this episode, I speak to Laura about how she's constructed her own life after being burnt out from her big law job and the pivotal moments that have got her to where she is now. Laura, my favourite thing about you is that you managed to combine your love for yoga and law how on earth did you do it? Um, thank you. I am still asking myself that question every single day, but somehow I think I'm finding my way. It's like when I first started taking both things up, like law and yoga, I was like, these things are so different. They're like two separate worlds. How on earth can I be so into both of them and at the same time find a way to to make a living of both of them but it's really just been this journey of like exploring and experimenting and being playful which is something we definitely are not taught in the legal world but it's something we're taught in yoga a lot just experiment go with the flow see what it feels like and eventually f- things will work out and that's kind of what I've been doing so now like my day-to-day has literally been like get on a client call to talk to a, a girl from an IT consultancy about her contract and then the next moment is like oh wait a moment I have to post a reel on Instagram about my girl power yoga retreat coming up it's like it's so different but it's also just so much fun at the same time <laughs> I just love that. And what springs to mind is that quote, be the architect of your own life. And you've literally just lived by that and just done exactly that, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. So when I first um, started practicing yoga real seriously, like a couple of years ago, I met a teacher that I've trained with and studied with for a long time. And she, she basically said to me, like, Laura, you create your own reality. You don't have to fit into this box. You can go out and create exactly what you want to create. And I might have taken that a little bit too literal, but like, here we are. (laughs) And I've created my own reality. (laughs) Literally. I I love that. I, I only discovered that a few years ago as well. And I didn't realize that that was a thing. I didn't realize that you could do that. I guess we're all trained to think you go to school, you progress your studies, to either university or you start working or whatever, you get into a career and that's it. If you don't like it, then pretty, you know, tough luck. But I didn't realize that you could actually design your own life and do what you love. I I didn't know that you could do that. So I'm happy I've discovered that kind of early. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you've literally taken that super, super seriously because I also love yoga, but I never would have thought, how do I put yoga and law together? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like, I think also, obviously, like the online space and digital marketing and everything, it makes it so much easier because like I learned how 
all this like content creation and digital marketing. I learned how all of that works through my passion for yoga. I was just like, I want to teach yoga classes now that I've done a teacher training. I want to share all this knowledge and wisdom and goodness with people. How do I do that? How do I make people come to my classes? And I started like figuring out, well, I probably need to like post on Instagram or something. And then I started doing that and I learned all the principles. And then I went out to um, freelance and do law for myself. And I was like, wait a moment. I got to do exactly the same thing that I've done for yoga for my legal services. Um, <laughs> but no one ever taught me this in law school. Like what's going on? <laughs> no one ever taught me how to sell. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. That's another topic, isn't it? Like learning how to sell and how to even promote your own personal brand. You know, that's nothing. None of these skills, which are so important now are ever taught to you in law school. Um, yeah. or even in a law job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I remember walking into like a, a couple of years after I graduated, I'd landed this um, job for a biotech startup. I was the in-house counsel. It was really cool. We were like working on all sorts of projects. And that had been my dream job to land something like that in law school. I was like, if I can just become the in-house counsel of this kind of startup, I will have made it. And I was there. I was in the company. I was walking into my office and putting down my bag one morning. And this thought just came into my mind like, is this all there is? Like, is there more or is this all there is to it? And that's like, it's a little bit sad, kind of like reaching that goal you've been working towards for so long. And then you're like, I kind of don't want to sit in this office from nine to five and just like power through contracts. Like, is there anything else I could be doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had the same realization for you. Was it, I know you just told me, but was it a sudden thought that came to your head or was it a combination or a sequence of events that led you to think that? I think it was a sequence of events for sure. Like I was really diligent in law school. I was so focused on getting good grades and making sure I would get into the best law firm and work on the best cases. Like I was super competitive mainly with myself and I burned out pretty quickly. I went on sick leave. Like I have that whole story that a lot of big law lawyers have as well. And I think just healing through that and, and finding my way even to that in-house position was like, that's great. But every time I sort of came across a case or like I had a work there where I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. I had these questions come up in my mind, like, is this all there is to it? And at some point I just had to like figure out, okay, is there another way? Which there definitely is. <laughs> there is. Yeah. But when you're in it, you don't realize, do you? And when you're surrounded by people who have been there for 50 years <laughs> and you're just like, this seriously can't be it. And this seriously cannot be my future because if it is, I can't take that. That's just the craziest thing. So I'm yeah. glad that you, like me, made this realization very early on as opposed to waiting 30 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I think the most helpful thing for me in this case was just to remove myself completely from the environment and the circles that I was in. Because when you're constantly surrounded by people who are like, you need to get this job, you need to climb the ladder, you need to like take out the mortgage, get the car, get pregnant, all the things, and then you will have made it. If that's the only story you're being told every day, and those are the people you surround yourself with, those are the people you compare yourself with, then obviously there are no other choices. But that's when I 
sort of started like solo traveling, going out on yoga retreats by myself. And I was suddenly meeting up with people who were like coming from completely different worlds. They were like corporate, what, what's that? Like, whoa, you're a lawyer. Like, how do you do that? And you can also like do a handstand what's going on. Like, and <laughs> it was just, it was too weird of a mix. Um, and I think once I came out and I met people that, that were just living their lives differently, it really opened my eyes. And I was like, wow, I don't have to do it like this. I might have, have seen people do this and that might be my like current definition of success, but that doesn't mean that you can't change your direction. And so I know you just mentioned that when you joined this company, this startup, you thought when you were in law school, if, I, if I'm in this job that I will have made it and this will be, you know, the pinnacle of my success. What do you think now? What's your version of made it now? I feel like I'm kind of there, which is a little bit insane. <laughs> but uh, to me, it's like work where I want, when I want, for whomever I want. Like, I think really location freedom, time freedom, and work freedom, those are, like, I found out that those are the most important things to me. That doesn't mean that I don't want to work. Like, I think I actually work more now than I did in my, like, traditional legal career. But it doesn't feel that way. I feel like I'm working on my hobby every single day. And it's, like, it's literally, like, crippling in my fingers in the morning because I'm, like, oh, I now have to, like, take it slow. But I really want to, like, get started with my work because I'm so super excited. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. That Like, every night, unless I'm, like, literally shattered because I've done too much, I'm, like, I don't even want to sleep. I, I'm too excited to wake up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And and like, you know, when you've been like unfulfilled in a legal career for a long time, just getting to that point, like to me, that really feels like making it because um, having that passion for your work again, I think we all sort of came into law school with that diligence and that passion of like, I want to go out there and I want to help people and I want to change the world. And then you start studying law and it's like that dream just <laughs> completely shatters because you figure out it's just all about money and, and winning for yourself and like really when I when I get on calls with people like you with my clients with women that are just like open to exploring new opportunities that that's something that really makes me feel lit up and like wow I, I could sit in front of my laptop forever and and talk to these people. No I know exactly how you feel and something that really shocked me and I don't know if it was the same for you but you know I studied, studied law went through all that whole process trained, learned how to do my job, basically. And then they go, okay, here, here are your uh, billing targets. Here are your targets. Go and speak to clients. You're going to get inbound calls come through. We're going to pass them to you and you're going to have to convert people to basically pay for this service, you know, this, this law service, this legal service. And I was like, hang on a minute. Nobody taught me how to do sales. Yeah. This is sales job. I was like, what? And that, that was what was crazy to me. You know, you, it was this expectation of not only do I have to know law and do all this, and that, that's what I thought in law school, you know, you do cases, you you give legal advice, but the sales bit just absolutely threw me. Yeah. I like, I actually never got to that point. I think I might have left like my traditional law career earlier than you have. I only 
<laughs> made it in the traditional path for five years before I was like, okay, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> We can do this smarter. Um, but, but I never really thought about like what it actually meant to, to get legal clients. Um, uh, because I, when you're working in house, especially you usually have so much work that like, you're just trying to hide a little bit because if there's one more case landing on your table, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like completely crash and I'm going to have to work the entire weekend to get through this. And we're kind of like spoiled a little bit, especially working in house because like cases are just coming. Um, but when you decide that, no, I actually, I want to do it a different way. How do I do that? Uh, <laughs> Wait a moment. I think there are some skills, there are some business developments and putting yourself out there that uh, as lawyers, we think that we're like the most amazing people in the world because we're so clever and we studied so hard. And it's like, hey, there's this huge part over here called business that I have no clue about. Like, <laughs> let's just maybe nail that down first. Um And I think it's super important, um, like, if there are people that are listening, they're like, hmm, what could I do differently? Like, that's definitely the first thing I would look into is like, how do I get clients? How do I, how do I get work for myself so I can finally get that time freedom, work freedom, location freedom? Because so many people are, are looking for exactly that so they can spend more time with their family, so they can live a healthier life. And just kind of talking about that, you know, that switch from going from nine to five job to self-employed, working, working for yourself. What sort of habits did you learn in the corporate world that you have brought into your self-employed world that you're trying to now unlearn? <laughs> I love this question because if there is anything that I've really, like something I've been thinking about so much as I've been transitioning to working for myself is like, I thought there were so many things I needed to learn, but really there are so many things I need to unlearn, things I need to, uh, like habits I need to not follow anymore. Like I feel, I, I'm my own boss now. I do whatever the hell I want. And I still most days feel super guilty if I wake up at 8.30 and I, and I only start working at 10. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. I'm such a bad employee. But really that's the whole reason why I wanted to go out and do what I do that I shouldn't have to feel, feel guilty or feel bad about not sitting behind my laptop at 8.30 precisely and checking into teams and making sure that everyone could see that I'm available. And like yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I went for a walk at 2 PM in the afternoon. I usually do that. And I was like, this is such a good day. I'm going to get my cappuccino. I'm going to sit here in the sun and I don't have to like look at my phone or anything. And I just remembered at that point, like, wow, I used to be so anxious when I did this because I'd be like, I have to make sure that my team status or Skype status or whatever chat system you use in your office, that it's constantly green or that it's constantly available. Because if people see that I've like just taken a 30 minute break in the middle of the afternoon, then what do they think about me? Do they just think that I'm like not committed to my job or <laughs> like I'm just entitled to take a break? Um, and really it's probably one of the most healthy things you can do during your work day is just like, let's not sit inside and power through behind the laptops eight hours straight without standing up and drinking a glass of water. Let's actually work for 20, 25 minutes at a time, get outside, take a break, talk to some people, get some sunlight, move your body and then come back. And you'll probably realize that you get much more work done in less time. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And I know you talk a lot about this on your podcast, which 
I just love your podcast. I've told you before. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you do some, you, you talk about some brilliant things and that, that really help you to be more productive. And I know that you talk about moving a lot and having taken those breaks and all the things that you've literally just mentioned, but from like a, I guess, a yoga perspective or, you know, your wellness perspective that you have for, through your learnings that you've done through yoga, what does it actually do to your body when you move around? Because when I was working in an office, like you say, you'd be too scared to go and make a cup of tea or go to the toilet because people would be thinking, oh, she's getting up again. She's, you know, she's taken another five minute break, but it's actually super bad if you don't do that. So what are the actual benefits to your body? Yeah, like I don't even know where to start with this because there are so many, obviously. I like to come up with like metaphors or analogies for how to understand this because I find that when we talk about it very like anatomically and with the biology and everything, it gets a little bit woo and like I'm not a doctor or anything to talk about that. But in yoga, we talk a lot about prana or energy. And one example that I think is really good is like, when you when you wake up in the morning and maybe you've had your curtains closed and your bedroom has kind of like that sleeping smell from the night and you want to change that energy some way. So most of us, like we make our bed, maybe we shake our, our blankets and everything. We take the curtains aside and we open the windows to let some fresh air in and change the energy. And it's kind of the same thing that's happening in the body. So the energy changes. If we just sit down stagnant in our chairs for 10 hours per day, it's like the body gets to feel a little bit like that bedroom that hasn't seen sunlight or fresh air for, <laughs> for a little bit too long. But if we take the time to get up, move around, then the energy starts to flow and it really like in yoga a lot, we talk about moving the energy from the bottom of the, like the lower body parts all the way up to the head so that when you move around, you get that clarity inside your mind. Um, it's almost like we have kind of like a veil in front of our minds and that we can't really see clearly because we have all these like negative thoughts and emotions and perceptions of how things are supposed to be. But when we get up, when we move around, even if we take time to like sit down and meditate, that's when we get a chance to sort of let all of those negative ideas and perceptions kind of like take the backseat for a moment so we can see clearly like, what is it actually that I want to do? I know so many lawyers who have never asked themselves that question like, do I actually love what I'm doing? Is there something else that I could do? Because we haven't even given ourselves a chance to like get outside the office at 2 p.m. in the afternoon and go for a walk and see what that feels like in the body. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? No, that makes it makes perfect sense. And I really like your analogy of, you know, the opening the window and opening the curtains and, and changing up the energy. I think that's a really, really good way to look at it. And I think... I don't know. I just, I just don't like the fact that when you're in an office, you aren't encouraged to do that, to switch up the energy. You're more encouraged to stick to your desk. And if you're, there's this, um, you know, idea that if you're not at your desk, you're not working, you're not being productive, you're not taking it seriously, which I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I remember in my corporate jobs, I would like usually put on my jacket. Like I've been going for these like outdoor walks for a long time, also in my corporate jobs, but people would look at me like, where are you going? What, 
why don't you just go and make a cup of coffee? And I was like, it's 3 p.m. Like, first of all, I shouldn't be drinking caffeine after lunch, but like, I don't want more coffee. My, like my coffee jitters and anxiety is like already at the, at the top level. I just want to get out and get some fresh air. I was like, the last job I had was even, it was next to the highway. There was so much noise, so much traffic, but it just really was the best thing I could come up with. And people looked at me like I was completely crazy for going out for a 10 minute walk. And they were like, that's such a good idea. Like I should do that as well. And I'm like, it's not rocket science. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's absolutely crazy. Oh my gosh. And so just like literally flipping back, how did you go from the nine till five and jumping into becoming your own boss? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I think I've had people say this to me as well before, but like I've probably had so many bad experiences in a very short amount of time working in corporate that a lot of people, it takes them like an entire career to go through so many bad experiences. But like I had a concussion one year into working in law, had to heal through that. I burned out from like having too many cases and not, not having anyone to ask for help. Then for COVID, I finally got a break to sort of figure out like, wait, I need to change my direction. So I got that job with the startup that I talked about earlier. I was super happy, loved the team, really found a way to sort of thrive inside my legal job. Um, even though I had that sneaky thought of like, is this all there is to it? I really loved it. I had amazing colleagues, but I was fired after 10 months because um, we didn't get the approval from the FDA to actually bring this drug to the market. So I was there like, wait, I just, I healed through my burnout. Everything was amazing. And then I got fired and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't actually believe that this happened. And then I actually got a new job, like an even better job. I, I like to think of it that way. My benefits were better and I had more responsibility. I got that job seven days after I was fired. So I'd worked hard and I'd found my balance, especially through yoga and that, and that first in-house job I had. And then I went out and, and I really gained experience. And after, I think I was working that job for two years, I passed my bar exams and it was like, wow, okay, I finally reached all these goals that I had. And then I started teaching yoga like more seriously. I started doing um, more like working on my online business for yoga. And then I was like, wow, I think I just found what actually lights me up. Like I started podcasting for myself and, and I just got really into this whole world of like remote work and uh, the digital space. And at some point I was like, okay, I can't do both. Like I was working a pretty stressful uh, in-house counsel job, like reading, I don't know, 20 plus contracts per week, taking a lot of meetings, um, biking back and forth, commuting to the office, teaching yoga classes on the weekend, building the online business. I was like, this is too much. Like I have to, I have to make a choice and I have to trust myself. And I kind of always knew that I probably wasn't going to stay in this traditional legal role with all these things that happened to me. So I had just saved a lot of money. Like even though my rent in Copenhagen was crazy, I was like, I'm going to save because I know I want to travel and I want to like do something, but I don't know what that is. And then once I just had too many things on my plate, I was like, this is it. I've saved. I'm going to be my own investor. I'm going to go full in on myself and let's see where this goes. And then I bought a one-way flight ticket to Greece. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so, that's how it happened. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. So you kind of 
I guess did it unconsciously like you or if that's even the right word but you kind of built it up whilst also doing the job to do both but then decide then found your passion through doing that basically yeah yeah and initially I was like uh, going full full on only for yoga and I, I still wanted to freelance for for the legal stuff but I was like yoga is going to be my main focus and then once I actually got the the time once I came to Greece and I started building things on my own company I was like wait a moment I could just I could just do law the way I want to do law I could just help the clients that I want to help and that I like to work with and that's how I sort of put everything together. I feel like it's still a process. I'm probably still going to change things up and refine it and everything, but I needed that space. I needed to get away from there's only this traditional path that you can follow. I needed to open myself up to meet other people, talk to people from different industries and background, other entrepreneurs and figure out like, hmm, what do I actually enjoy doing and how do we turn that into something that I could live from eventually? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, so, so cool. And I think not many people realize that this is possible, as we've, you know, already mentioned. What would you say to people who are in that position where they're working in the nine to five job in an office, they they don't like it, but they don't know how to get out and they don't know what to do? What What would you say to them? I would say I get it. And it's quite a terrible place to be but like I was quite ashamed of it because you work so hard like you so many people support you on the way companies that like invest in you managers that invest in you um, and it feels kind of like a first world problem to be like oh my gosh I'm in this like amazing job I get a good salary life is good but like I hate my life so first of all just acknowledge that it's okay to not feel okay with wherever you've ended up. And then the second thing, like something I started doing, which helped a lot was I started surrounding myself with people that were already where I wanted to be. So I had actually a personal trainer in Copenhagen, who's now like one of my best friends, but she was living this free spirit, yoga teacher life, personal trainer life, living through her Instagram content. And when I first met her, I was like, how exactly are you doing this? And we like, she didn't exactly teach me how to do it, but just being with her and speaking to her. And she was talking to me about like, it is possible. Like you just open up different income streams. You think about money in a different way than it's just coming from this one paycheck every single month. I started surrounding myself with people in the online space who were living life differently, but really getting away from only speaking to people who who have taken this traditional route because I I can still feel a little bit insecure about the choices I've made if I'm in a in a group of people and I'm the only one living like the weird alternative life it's like why don't you have a mortgage why don't you have this why didn't you do that and I'm like because I didn't want to and that has to be okay and then the next thing I would say is like Definitely. The be- the best thing I did was to invest in different mentors and coaches who could sort of like give me the blueprint because I could see, okay, there are different ways to do this, but I don't know. I don't know what the steps are. You read about it all over social media, but no one's actually telling you what it takes, what it requires, the steps that you have to take. So I, I invested in, um, 
and kind of like a yoga mentor, like a personal coach. He helped me. We went through a lot of yoga philosophy together. Like, obviously, we all have different things that we believe in. But for me, studying yoga philosophy with a mentor who could apply it to where I was at in my personal life, that was super, super beneficial. And I learned so much from that. So he kind of like held me together and expanded my mindset when it came to the like actually making the choice. And then at the same time, I invested in a business coach who could show me the way of like, this is how you create content. Content. This is how you create a website. This is how you podcast. This is what you need to be talking about. And I had those two people at the same time supporting me. And obviously, it's a big investment, but most people, I assume, that are listening to your podcast, they have the money to go out and do something like this. But so often, we're really... We're really cheap when it comes to our own personal development. It's like, I remember, I'd be happy to invest 5000 dollars in all sorts of yoga equipment but I would go to the cheapest yoga studio in town and I think it's flipping the switch on that of being like I'm actually worthy of investing this money in myself when you get to that point like that's when you really start to make a change because there are people out there that can help you transition out of the nine to five dread if that's where you're at but it's going to require like an investment of time money energy and maybe even letting go of some people in your life who are not supportive of where you're going definitely i think surrounding yourself by the right people is pretty much fundamental in taking the jump from nine to five to self-employed because um, a few years back, before I before I quit my job, a few years before that, I wanted to do exactly that. But I was surrounding myself with the wrong people and they were all just negative and complaining about their jobs and stuff. And, and then it wasn't until a few years after that when I realized I need to be surrounded by positive people. And that doesn't necessarily mean physically. That m- might mean listening to podcasts, listening to YouTube videos online space, you know, LinkedIn, things like that, surrounding yourself by that type of influence. And that is the key to helping you feel supported and helping you feel like you can take that jump. So I 100% agree with you on that one. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so easy to like browse through your social media content and be like, oh my gosh, I hate all these people that are in here. And most people don't realize like you have the power to change that. You could just start following people who are speaking to your highest potential. And that way, every time you drop into social media, it gets to be a positive place to be that actually lifts up your mindset. Speaking of lifting up the mindset, (laughs) I think we're going to end on a guided meditation. Yes, um, we are. Enjoy, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like we were talking about when we first connected, how I'm like obviously so much into meditation and yoga and all of that. And like one of the common misconceptions or objections that I come across a lot from especially lawyers is I don't have time. And so like, I'd really like to take you through this journey of like, whether you are, I don't know what you're doing right now as you're listening to this podcast. I listen to a lot of Holly's podcasts usually when I'm like walking around Greece or I'm cooking or I'm driving or I'm biking on the way to the gym. And if someone asked me to do a meditation in the middle of that, I'd be like, I can't meditate right now because I'm doing all these things. But there is a way. So I would really like to take us through this exercise that is so it's so grounding in a way we're going to work with the different senses and you can, you can stay, do exactly what you're doing. Obviously, Holly, we're sitting down right now. So if you're sitting, just make sure you're sitting comfortably, straighten out the spine, roll the shoulders back and then start by looking around you and be like, what are five things I can see right now? 
I can give an example. I'm sitting at my desk so I can see my microphone. I can see my laptop. I can see the fridge over there in the corner. I can see a couch. And I can see the little water bowl for my two cats. Take a moment just to look around and see what, what can you actually see around you? I can see so many things. Just a mess. <laughs> and that's okay. Pick five. We'll take like 10 seconds just to like look around in silence. And then from there, shift the attention and focus on four things you can hear right now. Chances are you can probably hear my voice as I'm guiding you through this. Um, maybe you are on a street, you can hear the cars passing by. I have a kindergarten outside so I can hear like the laughter and little noises from cute little kids coming around. <laughs> maybe there's some background music and even just your breath. Maybe you can hear yourself breathing. So take like 10, 20 seconds to notice what sounds you can hear. And then we're going to shift into the sense of touch. So we're going to focus on three things we can touch. I sit at my desk, as I said, so if I place my hands down, I can feel the, the surface of my desk. I can feel the chair that I'm sitting on, and I can feel my feet grounding onto the floor. Maybe there's something else. Maybe it's like you're touching your hair. Maybe you have a little animal or a child next to you that you can touch. Maybe the fur, it's warm, the temperature. Take a little bit of time to notice three things you can touch. And then shift into the sense of smell going to notice two things that we can smell and I actually can't smell much right now maybe the leftovers of my lunch and the smell of being at home <laughs> if that's even a smell it's connecting to like it could also just be like sniffing your hair and being like oh my shampoo smells good <laughs> or your clothes I, I'm wearing a shirt from my from my mom it smells a little bit like my mom even though I haven't seen her for a while <laughs> So take 10 seconds to notice what can you smell. And then lastly, notice one thing that you can taste in your mouth. Maybe it's your coffee that's next to you. Maybe it's the leftovers of your lunch or the last meal you had. A snack, some chocolate, or maybe it's just the, the taste of being inside your mouth. <laughs> maybe it's time to go brush your teeth or something. And that's basically it. Like we just move through 
an exercise of tapping into the different areas of the body, like all the different senses. And that is something I like to do. Like I would even do it when I'm sitting in a, in a corporate meeting and I'm like asked to do something and I'm starting to feel anxious or uncomfortable. I really had an issue with public speaking. Then tapping into the body to the different senses in this way can be so beneficial. Like I can even notice a change, even though I've been guiding this, I'm like, wait a moment. I just dropped so much more into my body in in no time. It didn't require me to go and put on a pair of yoga pants. It didn't require me to drive from A to B, but I'm in tune with my body and what's going on. And I can move on with my day. Thank you for listening to this episode of More Than A Lawyer. And don't forget to follow us if you enjoyed it. If you're a lawyer and you're interested in building authority and attracting clients or business opportunities through your own podcast, go to the show notes of this episode for more information.